Sound of Truth starts now. Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, as we seek to inform, inspire, and encourage you in your walk with Christ through engaging interviews of ordinary people in whom God is doing an extraordinary work. I'm your host, Brett Morani, and I'm excited that you've chosen to join us. We are on the phone. We're privileged to have with us my cousin, Sean Morani, who grew up like me in Southern Illinois, and then now he's been a missionary to the Philippines for over two decades. He serves in Cebu City. Uh, he's married to Anna, who's from the Philippines, and uh, they've been married 22 years. They have one son, Joshua, who is 20 years old. Great to have you on the program, Sean. Oh, great to be with you all this morning. So you are currently stateside, about to head back to the Philippines, and as part of what we're doing here, we want to hear, of course, we want to interview you about what you're doing, and just to hear your God story, and, and the way we want to start off with that is for you to briefly share with us how you came to faith in Jesus Christ. Would you mind sharing that with us, the, the short version? Well, yeah, we'd, we'd love to. So I grew up in Southern Illinois, and grew up in uh, a Southern Baptist church, uh, and my my mom and dad, uh, great, great people, great parents, and it was me and my brother, and I, at the age of seven, I uh, said yes to Jesus uh, at uh, a revival meeting in the church, uh, and but whenever I was 13, I began to realize that my motive for saying yes was mostly about the fact that all of my friends were saying yes and that I wasn't really saying yes uh, because of a personal awakening in my life that I needed the Lord, uh, but it was uh, because of the influence of my friends. And so at the age of 13, I, I, I said yes to the Lord and surrendered my life to the Lord. And then whenever I was 22 years of age, uh, that's where I, I felt like things really, really took strong roots. It's like where I had a, a much deeper understanding of, of Jesus, who he is, and my great need of him, and realizing that it wasn't just about going to church. It wasn't just about doing good things. It, it, was, it was really about a, a relationship. It was really about a surrender of my life to his lordship. Uh, to be a true follower of him. And at the age of 22 is where I, I made a very strong uh, commitment in my life to really just go wholeheartedly after the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so that was uh, a big part of my my uh, journey into Christ and uh, how God had done just a wonderful work in my life and, and still continues on to this very day. Yeah. So, Sean, I remember when you really were catching on fire, I guess you could say was the phrase we used back then. He's on fire for the Lord. Mm -hmm. um, yes. That was the phrase. I, I'm, I'm three years older than you, and I was in seminary at the time. Uh, of course, you graduated from West Frankfurt, our arch-rival high school there in our county. Yes, right. What happened in between high school and that 20, 22 years old? You, you served some time in the military. You, you served our country, I, right? I, I sure did. I was six years uh, in the military as a cook. Uh, and... Uh, and so whenever I graduated from high school, I, I immediately went uh, into my military training. Uh, after I came back from my military training, I was very lost in my next steps. 
Uh, I didn't seem to have much purpose. And I spent my time uh, quite foolishly. And as a result, I fell into a very deep depression. And I uh, basically was really not looking at life very hopeful. I had considered suicide a number of times. Uh, I slept most of the time. Even at one point, I had, was sleeping the, almost the whole day. I mean, even one time I remember sleeping near 22 hours, just not getting out of bed. And I just did this, it seemed like day after day. I just it didn't want to get out of bed. I just wanted to stay in bed. And uh, and I, my life was just wasting away. Mm-hmm. But then whenever I came to a crossroads, I decided I had to seek the Lord in my life. And something was awakening up in me and a realization that I, I couldn't continue to live life the way it was, or I, it would really uh, end up being the death of me. Mm-hmm. And so I sought the Lord in my life. I went out into the uh, Shawnee National Forest uh, here in Southern Illinois and sought the Lord for seven days. I went out camping. It was in the middle of the winter, so the w- water was frozen. Uh, the weather was very cold. And uh, seven days by myself. And it wasn't that amazing, but I loved the outdoors, and that was one thing that I really enjoyed. And and so I just was asking God to give me direction. I was like, I don't know what to do. My life is just falling apart, and I don't know which way to go, where to go, and, and I need your guidance. And, and it was at that point that after that seven days, uh, the Lord opened up a door and made it very clear that uh, I was to go out to uh, Topeka, Kansas. Uh, I had some really, I had a really good friend and I was connected well with his family and just to get a new fresh start in my life. And, and, uh, and so I, I did, I moved out and, and that was just an amazing, um, uh, door open for me that really just changed my life. It was also the door that ended up leading uh, me into mission because of the, the work I was working in a, a homeless shelter for about three years. And so I, I had the experience of being already in full-time ministry as my occupation. And uh, through some of the, uh, the people that I worked with, uh, the doors began to open up for me uh, that I was going to go into the uh, organization that I'm a part of uh, today, which is Youth with a Mission, also known as YWAM. And so that's a little bit of the, uh, the, the journey that eventually led me into the door into missions where I am today. Yeah, so how did you end up assigned to the Philippines. Tell us how you went from getting, you know, coming into relationship affiliation with YWAM and then, uh, and then being able to, you know, go to the Philippines. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So when I was about 20, uh, four years old, I was with a, a mentor in my life and we were talking, nothing related to, to, uh, missions. And just somewhere in the conversation, he just said, you know, I think you should join YWAM, Youth with a Mission. And I was like, what's that? And he described to me this mission organization and a lot of the things that they do. And I said, well, that's pretty cool. And then the conversation went on back to whatever we were talking about. And, and, uh, And this didn't really, nothing connected with me. But about a year later, this the same person we were talking again and again out of nowhere in the conversation he just shifted the conversation instantly he goes you know sean i really think you should join ywam and in that moment what i would call like a supernatural peace something that was very very real to me in that moment 
just mm-hmm. came over me. And then I just knew that I knew that I knew that I was supposed to join and be a part of this mission organization called YWAM. And I then said, again, Ken, tell me what, uh, what uh, is YWAM again? Because mm-hmm. I'd kind of forgotten. And because we hadn't talked about it at all from that, uh, from that year before. And he told me again, and I was like, wow, and that's what I'm supposed to do. And about three months later, I would actually leave to go do my uh, YWAM discipleship training school. They call it a DTS in Kona, Hawaii. Now, that's a great place to go do mission training in Kona, Hawaii. No kidding, right? Um, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, and I feel called. So, you were suffering. <laughs> I feel called to train yeah, at least. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I know. There you go. And so I, I, while I was preparing uh, for that transition, that three months before, uh, to go actually do the training, the Lord had deposited this phrase in my heart. Uh, to know him and to make him known. Mm-hmm. Now, no one ever told me that phrase. I had not heard that phrase from anybody. It was what I would call a Sean Marani original. It was going to be my motto for life. Right. And <laughs> and so I was signing all of my, my newsletters to my family and friends as I was telling them I was going to be uh, going to do this mission uh, training in Kona, Hawaii with this organization called YWAM. And at the end of that letter, I would sign Sean Marani to know him and to make him know. Nice. And, and so what was really kind of unique was on the day that I arrived in Kona, Hawaii for my DTS, I was walking around the campus and I went to the place where they the common area where they have, uh, their, um, their campus worship and, and other special gatherings. And over the stage was this big banner that said to know him and to make him known. And it was in that moment that I was like, oh, my goodness. I was like, Lord, you know, this is so you. And, and oh, yeah. you really have are the one that led me to be here. I mean, that was like a big, big, you know, yeah. confirmation, you know, on this big, you know, banner over the stage. So knowing was that already, I had never heard that phrase before until, you know, until of, the Lord yeah. spoke it to me personally and then seen it a second time on the stage. So, so it was a really cool moment. To interrupt you for a second, was there any part of you that initially reacted, someone's read my letters? Yes. <laughs> I, I, well, I'm the like one that joking, came up with that. <laughs> exactly. Jokingly, I actually said something along the lines of, they stole my motto. <laughs> Talk about a God what's, moment. What's interesting is yeah, I, I, I exactly. was trying to remember where I first heard that, because I heard it years and years ago. I knew there was some national organization that, that was their motto, and, and I just looked it up. The Navigators in 1933, their mission wow. statement, to know Christ, to make him known and help others do the same. Mm-hmm. So that's a little wow, bit longer, awesome. but it's basically the, the gist of it. So that's, that's a great story. That's, that's, that's beautiful. So on you, on you go with telling, you know, then from there, landing in the Philippines, et cetera. So from there, I was in the DTS and uh, doing my training, and they announced that the outreach would be in the Philippines. Funny enough, I was wanting to go to China or India, so I was hoping that that's where our outreach would take us. Mm-hmm. And when they told us, told us that we're going to the Philippines, I was like, no, I was like, no. I mean, I didn't say it out loud, but I was so upset about it. I was like, I don't want to go to the Philippines. And then my next thought was, where is the Philippines? Because I had no clue (laughs) where it was at on the map. So, so, so the Lord opened up the, that door through our, our DTS and went to the DTS. And it was there that, I actually met uh, Anna, who would later on, of course, become my wife, and we've been married uh, near 23 years. And uh, and so 
the the you know was it a cult to missions or was it a cult to marriage uh you know or was it both yes you know god, god has a way of getting us where he wants us and he uses you know all kinds of different things in life to bring us to where he wants us and and so uh, Anna and i uh, of course at a later time uh we we did of course get married but i met her she was my interpreter uh, when I was going around door to door and, and sharing the gospel and, and she would interpret for me. And, and so that was the door that opened. But it was also during that time that the Lord really began to mark, mark my heart in a special way for the Filipino people mm-hmm. and for the nation of the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, if that weren't so, I wouldn't uh, be there 22 years later, uh, still, still serving and still pursuing what God wants us to do in that nation. Yeah. So that brings us really up to date. Um, in- in terms of your mission, tell us a little bit about that. What yeah. what are you, what are you doing there? What have you established there? Because um, I know well, it, it, you've got a unique a niche, so to speak, with what you're doing. It, it has been a unique journey. We we first started uh, our our ministry uh, reaching out to street children and had a an orphanage and uh, and it was just an amazing uh, uh, time and season and in, in, in serving the street kids of the region. And, and then that door closed in a very unfortunate way. Uh, and it closed, I won't even go into the details, but it just had a very uh, unfortunate uh, occurrence in our ministry. Nothing to do with me or my wife. It had to do with someone else that made a big mess in our ministry. And we were no longer able to continue to uh, serve there in that uh, area. And, uh, and so then the Lord opened up a door for us. And we went uh, to the International House of Prayer in Kansas City, kind of as just trying to regroup ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, God, we don't know what to do. We, right. we feel like, you know, everything that we have labored for has just come to nothing. And, uh, and, and so we were just going, God, what next? What are you saying? And it was while we were there just seeking the Lord in the International House of Prayer uh, that the Lord began to confirm in a very unique way that he was calling us to Cebu City, Philippines. And he was also calling us to start a 24-7 house of prayer. And when I say a unique way, what I mean by that is is that my wife and I both had a series of dreams in one week period of time. I had three dreams, and she had three dreams, and they were all about Cebu City. And they were all about a specific couple that we would later actually come underneath their leadership and work with in the area of ministry of prayer. And, and so that was basically wow. the, the, the way that we ended up in the Philippines was this fixed dream in one week. And my wife and I, some of those dreams, they were like almost nearly the same dream wow. uh, that we, each one of us was having on the same night. So it was a very unique way that God got our attention. And so with a number of other clear confirmations that followed, we ended up going to Cebu City, Philippines to start a 24-7 house of prayer. And now we've been in Cebu City for uh, near near 16 years, not quite 16 years, but near 16 years uh, serving, uh, building the 24-7 place of worship and prayer. But we also have been developing a training center. So we run uh, different kinds of trainings, both long-term and short-term training. Uh, we work to be a blessing to the church and serve the church in this area of any area we can contribute in, in our area of grace that God's given to us to, to be a blessing to the body of Christ in this area. And then also, uh, more in the recent time, we have now uh, are starting to focus, our ministry starting to focus again on reaching street children. It won't be the main thing that we do, but it's obviously right. going to be a major thing. Uh, but our main thing is always going to be that, that, uh, that backbone 
of, of, of our ministry and mission and it'll be the foundation of what we are we're building from, and that is that prayer culture, that strong prayer community, a strong word mm-hmm. community, a people that are loving God in prayer, loving uh, people through prayer, loving God in His Word, and are bringing the Word to the people and in uh, both spiritual and practical ways. And so, uh, but we we've, we've been serving and in, in, uh, in the street kids, and now we're also reaching out to homeless families uh, through our, some of our partners. And then also we are uh, a new ministry starting to be birthed, and that is a ministry uh, for the trafficked victims because it's such wow. a major thing in the Philippines, and specifically in our region, it is a huge problem uh, in our region with human trafficking, mm. and specifically in the area of online sexual exploitation of children is is wow. huge in our area. So that's okay. that's what we're doing at, at present. Big deals, major impact. Do you have any stories from the ministry that you'd be willing to share with us and our, our audience? Anything that, you, that you'd like to tell us about? Well, I, I would like to say uh, just in, in our years of, of praying, uh, worshiping, just being there and giving that strong, um, strong focus into our ministry, we have seen a lot of people come to the Lord awesome. that we know is connected with with an increase of prayer. I've come to realize and recognize because we see it in scripture when there is an increased commitment from God's people in a city to prayer and worship. Mm -hmm. What happens is it impacts the spiritual environment in that city or that community. And whereas when there is lack of prayer, what happens is there tends to be a more hardness of heart Mm -hmm. and a lack of response to the gospel when it's presented. But when there is an increase of prayer and worship going on in that city, what happens is is that when the gospel is preached, there tends to be a greater tenderness and responsiveness uh, to the gospel because there is a spiritual aspect or or a dimension going on around that Mm -hmm. city, uh, trying to keep that city in darkness and trying to keep that city, uh, you know, blinded from the beauty and the wonder and the glory of Jesus. And so when the church commits themselves in this way, it does have a very profound impact in the city. So we have seen a lot of answers to our prayers. We've seen a lot of people come to the Lord uh, over the years. Uh, we have seen very, like one time we were in prayer and we were praying for the area of human uh, traffickers that they would get exposed and they would be, get caught. And we were having a very specific meeting that night mm-hmm. on this particular area. And the next day in the newspaper was these traffickers were all getting caught. And so we're like, well, that's like, that's very obvious that that was connected to, yes. you know, our time of prayer that the Lord answered it and was moving in a very unusual way and, and did just what we were asking him to do, that's awesome. which is a total reflection of what his heart's all about is justice. Right. I mean, so answered prayers and building faith and changing lives. That is awesome. Well, we definitely provide an opportunity for you to promote anything that you'd like to promote. Certain website or, or URL. Well, just I would say you could uh, follow us with our Cebu House of Prayer uh, Facebook. Uh, we do have a CebuHouseOfPrayer.com uh, webpage. Uh, a person who wanted to reach out to me could get through to me at Sean Marani at my uh, Facebook, specifically my Messenger, which is what I mostly okay. uh, am uh, keeping uh, in a regular update or regularly checking on. And uh, or or my uh, um, email address, uh, Sean Marani at gmail.com. And it, that is C E B U, Cebu City, right. Cebu, Cebu Philippines. City. 
Cebu City House of Prayer, and they'll find you if they even just Google that, right? Yeah, yep. they should find us. Okay, yep. great. Well, Sean, hey, you're you're like a brother to me. <laughs> Love you, brother. We are brothers in Christ. And right. I was going to say, right. you are a brother to me, we Sean. We are brothers in Christ. We're, we are <laughs> hey, officially cousins, but we're brothers in Christ. And I love you, bro, and really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your story oh. with us. So, Well, well, thanks thanks for having me, and really nice to meet you, Rick. And yeah. uh, Chase, thanks for doing all the work in the background. Yeah, he's busy over here. <laughs> all right, bro. Take care, and uh, God bless. Great. Yeah. God bless you guys, too. If you're enjoying this podcast, please share with your friends. Thanks. The music is by Canon and is used with permission. This podcast is copyrighted by Brett Amorani, 2021.